You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Moon. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And as Manchester City battle for three consecutive titles, Raheem Sterling, Sterling even, scores three goals. There were three VAR interventions, and I've got three guests, two of whom were at the same school, we just found out, actually. Barry Grammer has got a lot to answer for, but I guess not the same year, Sarah. No, I'm a lot younger than Lisa. Clearly. <laughs> Hello, Nigel. <laughs> Sarah Messenger, Berry Grammar School. Lisa Rabinovitz, Berry Grammar School. And, an- and we complete the set with another grammar school boy from Hume Grammar in Oldham. Welcome back to John Stapleton. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So, can we start the only place we have to start following the game at the London Stadium, West Ham United, Manchester City, 5-0 Manchester City. But we have to start with VAR. And I, I think there are two distinct camps here. There are those that would argue VAR got all the decisions right, and there's the John Stapleton view. So, John, I'm very keen. You've been very active on Twitter, to be fair. So, I'm very keen to have your view. And I will start with the... Uh, the the view that I've already given you is that there's lots of people a bit arguing there. Every single decision that VA, VI, when they intervened, they got them right, everyone. Well, well, technically speaking, they're correct, of course. And you know, because we've talked about this before uh, on, this, on this podcast, I am in favour of VAR in principle. Um, but actually, uh, this weekend was the first time, well, not the second time, actually, I've been in a stadium when it's been applied, and I've never been in a stadium when it's been applied so rigorously as it was uh, on Saturday. And for me, it ruined the game. I think it takes the passion out of the game. I think it takes the soul out of the game. There's interminable waits while you have to, you know, you determine whether or not uh, it's a goal, whether or not it was offside. That's not what football's about, you know. And little wonder that, you know, the City fans were chanting at I won't repeat here but it was the effect of what's what's going on here you got the drift you know um I just think you know for example we score a goal do I cheer or do I not cheer you know if I cheer am I going to be deflated as I was the first time I experienced it in the in the Champions League game against Spurs when I've never been so high and so low so quickly in space you know but at least that was quick on Saturday it went on forever you know and how many interventions did we have? Five, I think you said. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, that's killing the game. Now it cannot be on the be beyond the wit of man to come up, devise some kind of system that tells the fans what's going on. That at least would alleviate the anxiety and the stress. You know, television viewers are informed; they are better informed, at least, of, of what's happening. On Saturday, we had this ridiculous situation on the penalty, for example, which Sergio made such a mess of initially. Yeah. That, 
we all thought that was an infringement by the goalkeeper who'd come off the line, right? Mike Summerby and Gareth Southgate, I'm told, were in afterward, even after the game, were still thinking that was what was the problem. He did, in fact, come off the line, but that's not what was the, the referee and, and the VAR officials were, were going on about. They were going on about an infringement by a defender who stepped into the box and, and eventually cleared the ball. Why can't we be told that? What, what's the problem? I mean, we live in a, you know, man's gone to the moon 30, 50 years ago. Why can't we be told that? So Lisa, I, I suspect you, knowing your view and, and having chatted to you, I guess you're kind of on the same side as John. It, 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 anything to add to that? It, it, is it about informing the fans or is it saying actually there's something fundamentally wrong here? A, a bit of both. I think probably they do need to inform the fans better, but I have, I have a problem with it being used the way it was for offside. I know that people are going to say, but you either are offside or you're not but no human being would ever have been able to pick up that that was offside. And if you're going to be that precise about where the, pers- where the player's position is, you have to be as precise about when the ball is passed, and they can't be. So you can't have it precision at one side of it and not at the other side of it. Exactly. It should be used, and I know it's... And it's, I don't mean... I, I understand that the reason it's being used this way is because offside is binary you either are or you aren't but it sh- it shouldn't be have been applied in that way it should be for clear offsides it should be for why didn't the, la- the assistant office. why didn't the assistant referee spot this not well you know if you look at this his nose hair is all clearly offside i mean that's just it's getting to the realms of ridiculousness and it it would have it would take seconds to say no one could have seen that i'm not even going to look anymore and it would take seconds to say clearly someone should have spotted that and 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 i know that you then fall into the at what point do you say it's clear at how many centimeters how many uh, but i'm sure someone could make a decision that the reality is should should the assistant referee have seen that if they should have done fine if not and no, no human being would ever have seen that it's just ridiculous your, your colleague from berry grammar school is chomping at the bit here well i i, I actually uh, was going to say pretty much what Lisa just said, because I, am a, I do believe that VAR is a good thing for football, but not if it's operating in the way it was at the weekend. And, and I accept that there'll be some teething problems and one day we'll all look back and think, oh, you remember when it was a bit of a nightmare and now we wouldn't live without it. But the, the bit that they've not got right is the bit about clear and obvious. Yeah. And I completely agree with Lisa. If, it's, if you couldn't have figured it out as a human being, and apparently I think it's Keith Hackett or one of the refs... Uh, big wigs has come out today and said no lines person would ever have spotted that that was offside give the bloody goal if what i don't what the reason i like var is i would be gutted if we had lost the league or lost a critical game because of a goal that was scored that was miles offside that then was allowed against us you see i disagree with you i fundamentally disagree with you i don't think i'm going to go even further than john stapleton and say that actually I don't think VR has a place in football. And I think the whole, it, as John says, it's taken the passion out of the game, it's taken the spontaneity out of the game, and for hundred and odd years we've had a game that is all about passion and about goals and celebrating and the highs that you describe, and I have the same high and the same low you had, John, in that, at the Etihad for that Spurs quarter-final game. I, I, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And to... to <laughs> To, to have VAR now come in and have it so clinical and so sort of people in lab jackets, you know, and sort of with microscopes out saying, you know, this is now how we're going to play our game. I don't think there's a place for it in our, in, in our sport. It's it, 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 injustice. 
but I, I, but that's part of the game. You know, of course, but 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 people make mistakes. Play, as I said many times before, players make mistakes. A ball is put in front of a player who's a yard out, and sometimes we'll blast it over the bar on £190,000 a week. And of course, we don't, we're not going to pull it back and say, sorry, you shouldn't do that. You know, can, you, can you put it in the back of the net this time, please? It's, it's, players make mistakes. Officials make mistakes. It's part of the game, and we should just carry on. I have no issue with the factual stuff of in and out of play. That is factual. Yeah. And in fact, I think we should extend it so we've but got then offside goal- is factual as well. If, well you're, if you're as glaringly offside as, say, Milner was against West Ham for Liverpool last season, that is factual. But, but you could argue that, that uh, Sterling well, is factual, but, but, but we're saying actually it isn't. Because, as Lisa rightly says, we don't know when actually the ball was touched. At what point do we, do we stop the frame? Have we got technology enough to say it's exactly offside? But then it's, it's not factual. If you don't know when the ball was touched in relation to where Sterling's exactly. body is, it's not factual. Exactly. So then don't apply VAR in those circumstances. Correct. That's my but point. Pl- don't no, have VAR at all. No, no, no but I, I think there are situations where VAR will get rid of some of the injustices. The reality is football has moved on in many ways. We don't, you know, we have all-seater stadiums. People, I think quite rightly, have argued that that's affected passion and, sure. you know, you end up with the prawn sandwich brigade, etc., etc. Yep. Um, the kind of classic, you know, City is a club that has got very strong working-class roots, when that was, that, you know, the, the, the fan base came from Moss Side, Wally Range, all the areas around and across the city. That's different now. We've got a global fan base, all right, growing, but we've got a global fan base. The, the whole nature of the sport is changing. The other thing that's very different is that when we were, when we were young, we went to a match... You just watch the game, then the, that was the end score. You might be lucky if your game was on match of the day that night. You had no idea whether any of those goals were legit or not. Now, within 10 seconds of a goal being scored, there's something on that, Twitter. If it was that, though. Oh, on Twitter, I'm sorry. You know, there's yeah, a, if, if, if 10 yeah, seconds, yeah. somebody's tweeted but if, the if goal. if AR could determine definitively in 10 seconds, that would be fine, but yes. it doesn't. I, I predict that we will be spending, and here's the first game, we haven't even got onto the game yet, you know, we've won 5-0 away in the Premier League, going for our third consecutive title, we're still talking about VAR, we will get off it, but I predict that there will be more discussions and debates in the media about the interpretation of VAR and the use of VAR more than there were the decisions, the wrong decisions that's in the commas that were made. Now, that, that's why it's a nonsense. That, Let's ent- just go with the wrong decisions that we've had. That's entirely possible. And actually, you know, we can't dismiss this as a, a, an irrelevance in any way, shape or form because actually, had after, that, uh, after the set, third goal that wasn't, as it were, that put, gave West Ham new legs. You know, there's no yeah. question about that, in my view. They, they, was, they were buoyed by that. They, the crowd thought it was fantastic. The crowd got behind them. And but for two brilliant saves by uh, our goalkeeper, you know, that game could have changed quite dramatically. So, we, in my view, we should have been up 3-0 three, three up and the game over. But no, no question about it. Because you know, to, to argue that someone's shoulder made him offside, what advantage did he gain by, by his shoulder being, technically speaking, offside? No advantage whatsoever. So what's the point? I mean, I thought it was a ludicrous decision, which could have changed the outcome quite dramatically. And I, I concede your point entirely, Nigel. I think, you know, the Martin Samuels of this world and all, Henry Winters of this world, they'll be writing about this all season, rather than the game. Because exactly. that's what grabbed the headlines. Quite understandably, because all those fans, like me, were standing behind the goal, and you, I'm sure, were saying, this is the farcest, ridiculous, you know, it's taking the fun out of the game, it's taking the excitement out of the game, it's taking the passion out of the game. There's got to be another way. 
Should we talk about the game? Yeah. There, I'd, I'd, let's not talk about VR anymore. On the, we, we had to mention it. Until we had to talk week. about it. And exactly, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be back next week. Uh, listen, if you've got a view, let us know. As you know, we're on Twitter. We're, we're at City Podcast. Love to hear your view. Um, so, so, Lisa, let's talk about the game. Um, we've got a fantastic record, of course, at West Ham. Um, but actually, the first 15, 20 minutes... Sloppy, sloppy gave the ball away didn't didn't feel like okay first game of the season yeah. I realise that but just your thoughts kind of watching that first 20 minutes or so was, it was, was wasn't great bit, watching I was a little bit concerned in the first 15 minutes I was it was very sloppy and actually in contrast to the way we started the community shield it was you know, where, you, where we understandably flagged towards the end of that match. At least we started off very well. Whereas this, it was it was poor, and it was. But it, as always with City, it was contagious. It was everybody. It wasn't. It wasn't just um, my friend Kyle um, messing up a, a right back. It was you know pretty much everyone fluffed the lines for the first fifteen twenty minutes, but seemed to pick up after that. It was quite strange. I thought the way they were so sloppy. Yeah. Uh, and your, your your thoughts then, Sarah, should, her friend Kyle, um, did, reason, reasonable pace he's got, despite mm-hmm. him being sort of, you know, the, coming to the end of his career, he had his, his new pal sitting on the bench watching him, his, his new new signing, um, Cancelo there, was, was having a look, and, and Kyle, what a, I mean, what a fantastic run and, and a great cross, and... Uh, got the first goal. Yeah, he had, he had, Walker had a decent game. Um, and I think the whole, I mean, Pep said, isn't he, that Cancelo is there to give him some competition and keep him on his toes. And he, he had a bit of a dip last season and then came good. So, I mean, you know, when Mourinho is saying that our B team could win the league, it just shows you the strength and depth we've got in, in all positions. So, um, yeah, it was a, I mean, I thought it was a, the second half was a good performance. It wasn't the best I've ever seen them play, but it was a good performance in the second half. And if you can play, if you can be ropey for 20 minutes and still win 5-0 away from home, um, you can't, it's hard to find well, something to complain about, really. Exactly. I mean, we were sluggish, weren't we, in the, in the first 20 minutes? And uh, several people, including our star new boy, Rodri, I thought, were caught out of it. I mean, he looked to me like a player who wasn't used to that pace of, of that game, and the Spanish league may be different, but he looked to me as though he wasn't keeping up with the tempo of the game. Uh, we were caught in possession time and time again uh, in that first 20 minutes. Even, even the, the hero, well, in many ways, the hero, of, of the, our hat-trick hero, didn't play particularly well mm-hmm. in, that, in that first half. In fact, in the, in the first half. No, it wasn't that great performance, but what are we complaining about? <laughs> Five nil, for heaven's sake, you know. Um, and and Carl Walker looked to me like a man looking over his shoulder, then knowing that someone there's someone about to take his job. Uh, uh, whether that is, is the cause of his hair loss, we'll come to that a little bit later on. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but anyway, it's amazing how he's gone bald in the summer. Um, but he, he played a blinder, and, mm. and my little my my young young protege. Zinchenko, I thought was fantastic throughout, actually, in the first half and the second half. Mm. And a guy rarely gets the credit for what he, what he does. I think, I think the conversion of him into a left-back is, and it must be down to Pep to some degree, has been fantastic. And I thought he, he was, if not the man of the match, was one of the men of the match. I mean, there were some standout performances, I, I agree. And I've, I've got Zinchenko down as well, and I've obviously got Walker down. I think the other one is Mares mm. as well, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I mean, who, who I think came, has come uh, with, a, with a high price tag, won the league of course with Leicester has not really had a, a good run in the side and has struggled a bit to really establish himself yeah. but I have to say I thought he was very very impressive well, I, I wasn't a fan as you know last year at all uh, which, is uh, why, which is why I come to you uh, first yeah, I know exactly 
You do remember these things. I do. Um, uh, but I have to say, on Saturday, he, he was he was he was a contender for man of the match. He had a hand in every goal, didn't he? I mean, he had he laid on three and and played a part in two others. Uh, yes, he's not as spectacular as or as flamboyant or as eye-catching as Sane. I'm a big fan of Sane, but he did the job, and uh, yeah, all credit to him. I think I think the interesting thing with Mara is, is that we, when we think about him as when he was at Leicester, it was about the flamboyant, the eye catching. It was about cutting him from the from the wing and blasting a twenty five footer into the top corner. Although he's done that a few times for City, actually, what I thought was interesting about Saturday was how much he contributed by not being flamboyant, but by you know his assists, his positional play, his tracking back, all of which you don't really associate with him. So I think Mara's actually. Is is I think he's going to have a great season for us. Can, can I mention Silver as well, uh, who just quietly goes about his business? And and I, I was uh, I went with another uh, regular on the podcast, uh, our good friend Graham Reed, who's a big Silver fan. And of course, every time he he did something, he kind of nudged me and and, and always gave a running commentary. And when you look at him, he just seems to he's one of those players, and the the great players just seem to have more time on the ball. Um, and and however many people they got around them, they managed to sort of find that pass. And just his his skill, and we know it's his last season with us. He is just a fantastic footballer, and, and I just thought he had it. He, he didn't do anything brilliant, but every single time he got the ball, he had time. He found a city player, uh, a magician. I know that's uh, what we call him, but I thought he was fantastic on Saturday. I agree. I can't really add anything <laughs> we all to that, agree. can I? I mean. I- yeah, it's. Um, I think we just need to enjoy it while it lasts. Anybody yeah. else stand out for anybody? With, with, and, I mean, well, the, Kevin Aproni was a bit not quite his sparkling mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he got he got some good your question, is it? But no, but he got some good reviews in the papers, and I, yeah. I, I thought he was a bit wasteful, and I, I didn't think he had his best game. Well, but, they made him man of the match in the in the, in the previous week, and I thought Bravo was a man of the match. Absolutely, hundred percent. Sorry, Kev. You know he's a great player, but I don't think either of those two games were his best performances by by any manner of means. I thought Rodri did very well in the end, uh, a very commanding performance in the end. I mean, he's he look. He, I love the way he goes forward like Fernandinho, and he sets up attacks. Uh, and like Fernandinho, he's willing to take people out occasionally. If, if, uh, if uh, occasionally, yes. <laughs> I was being polite. Uh, if there's a, a real threat, all round. I mean, it was hard to fault anyone really at the end of the sure. day after after you got over that first twenty minutes. So, so what about Rodri then, uh, Lisa? Uh, adds I, a bit of height. Was he six foot three? Somebody yeah, said I think he is. Uh, he's a big, yeah. big fella. Um, but I, you know, I think it's pretty impressive to have pe- played how many games with that team, like four or five. And I mean, he's going to get. He's clearly going to get better. And, and yet, he really didn't look that out of place so apart from as we've said the first 20 minutes but that was pretty much the whole team anyway yeah. I wonder if he'll play though when Fernandinho's back it'll be interesting I, I think probably not as much but it you know it's great to see that we may finally have got I, that I suspect. I suspect so. what will happen is in a few games also where, where needed is that actually Fernandinho will play, play at centre back which mm. will actually yeah. allow that to happen I can see them both playing but, but mm. with Rodri in that holding midfielder I, role and, and Fernandinho dropping back I think Rodri will play quite a lot in that defensive midfield role this season and I, I just to more say than, more than Fernandinho yes I do what I makes do. you say that Lisa? because I think that's, Lisa, sorry, because I think he's already <laughs> I think he's already showing enough signs that he's he can do a really good job for us there and why this is a team that you know there's what eight or nine of them that are all 25 this is the season now when that 
core of 10, 25-year-olds should be playing together as much as possible. And that's what I think will happen. So Something else that I, ju- I just love about this team as well is Edison does nothing for yeah. 89 minutes, yeah. uh, a vision in pink, um, and suddenly he has to pull off two stunning saves for, for, and, and does nothing the rest of the game. Oh, his distribution is magnificent, as we know, but two stunning saves just when he's called upon, he's, he's there when we need him. What, what a great keeper he is. Can't get in the Brazil side, of course. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. I mean, it's, they're quite, it's quite hard to assess a keeper that doesn't actually appear to do very much during the course of a game. But uh, I wouldn't swap him for anyone. The confidence he gives us, as fans, as well as, I think, the team. Were you not comforted by the performance, performance of Bravo, though, in mm. the previous week? Because, I mean, this is a guy who had a year out, uh, a sort of career-threatening injury. Uh, no, not many fans were, City fans were that enamoured of him previously. Uh, apart from one or two performances in the League Cup. Um, I thought he played really well in that game. He, he, was, he was brilliant. I wouldn't play Bravo over Edison, yeah. but I wouldn't, uh, if Edison got injured, I wouldn't be, oh my God, we've got to put Bravo in. Or Scott Carson. Or Scott Carson. Well, indeed. Exactly. Well, well, laugh, be fair, yeah, you know, Scott yeah. Carson's been a damn good goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. I'm just surprised they signed him up because we had the other lad. The, 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 Richard the, Wright. The lads gone to Nottingham Richard Forest. Wright. And then we had Richard Wright in that role as Richard, well. Like, you kind, of, had, the, yeah. the, the, the kind of the senior, senior yeah. goalkeeper, sort of bringing the young lads through and, and yeah. adding a bit of cover. He's not going to play a game, is he? Let's be honest. No, who would turn down the money? <laughs> so yeah, of him in the least, you know. Good luck to him. Um, there was a great picture uh, on social media uh, of the bench, and I'll just read out some of the names here, John. So you had a bench that included Otamendi, Aguero, Foden, the Stockport Iniesta, Gundogan. Bernardo Silva and Cancelo. That's Total value about 300 million quid. Obviously. It's not, not a bad bench, is it? It's unbelievable. Uh, I was with someone who had been in a golf tournament with, with uh, young Mr Kane of Spurs fame uh, and had been chatting about City and he said, and apparently he attributes to Mr Kane the, the, the quote, the trouble is City have got two teams that could win the league. And actually, we have, more or less. You know, it's not far off, is it? Let's face it. It's a staggering, I mean, mind-blowing sort of array of talent. Uh, and it, it just shows, and I think that Touchwood, assuming there's no serious injuries to our key players, well, they're all, they're all great key players, really, but the, the exceptional players, we'll, we'll walk it again because we've, we've got what Jimmy Hill used to call strength in depth. And Lisa... I know it's ridiculous to ask the question after one game. In fact, I was asking it last week before we played in terms of expectations for the season. Everybody's saying it's between City and Liverpool. Mm. Uh, one or two people may be throwing Spurs in the mix, possibly. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of maybe between those three. Have you seen anything... Change my mind. <laughs> to change your mind? Is no. there anything at all? And is it going to be more of a stroll? Is it going to be more like two seasons ago? What, what's your view? I don't, I don't think there's going to be more of a... I don't think it's going to be like two seasons ago, but I don't think it's going to be as close as last season. At least I hope it isn't. Because obviously, see, we're going, see, yes, we're going to win the league. And you see Liverpool as the, as the sort of the big, Probab- biggest threat? Probably, but I do think Spurs... I, You know, I mean, they did look a bit ropey at the beginning of their match against Villa, but they picked up. And Came that's without a couple of... They've got a couple of players out. Son wasn't playing, Ali was out. They've, they've made a couple of signings. They weren't they weren't even on the bench. So you know, I I think they look. But I've you know I always say that about Spurs. And yeah. last season they did they did all right. 
So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, of course, United are going to win the league. I don't know what we're talking about. I mean, you know. Of course. I'm, of I course. Mean, now they're back. I'm, I'm they're totally back. wrong. <laughs> yeah, they scored goals and kept a clean sheet and the, a young lad came on or something and, and scored on his debut. It's, it's goal, their league. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's their league. Yeah. Well done to them. Mm-hmm. We'll be the first to congratulate them. A um, couple of other sort of thoughts. Uh, Gundogan, who hung on not signing a contract, not signing a contract. Suddenly we've now got him till 2023. How, how significant is that? Is he going to be a fringe player or do you think actually he's somebody who could play a big part this campaign? I think he'll play a big part. I, I, I think it's, um, it, it's one of the interesting things about City almost having two teams that actually none of the players in those two teams to me feel like fringe players because actually he, I mean Pep uses quite a lot of subs he mixes it up. You're never quite sure who's going to be in the starting eleven. We're, we're playing in four competitions, which also increases the potential. And we've gone a long way in those competitions recently. So the number of games. So I definitely, I mean, I don't think you could ever describe Gundogan as a fringe player. Um, and, I'm, you know, I think he's a great player. So I'm very happy that he's signed till 2023. And having asked you about Mahrez, it's only fair to give you the opportunity to talk about Sane as well, I think, John, uh, knowing uh, the love you have for him. Yes. Kind of that whole sort of... No, no, of course, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, of course. <laughs> that whole sort of Bayern Munich, he's going, he's staying, and then this kind of what looks like a pretty serious knee injury. Yeah. Your thoughts and reflections on him and his future and, 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 and your interpretation of that whole sort of Bayern well, saga? Well, I thought the Bayern saga was... Uh, I thought the Bayern, Bayern saga was uh, regrettable, to put it mildly. Uh, apparently, he was, according to Pep anyway, from what I read, uh, he was about to sign two or three weeks ago, then suddenly he wasn't. And one wonders who's pulling the strings here. There's allegations that it was Bayern Munich who were, you know, being a bit naughty. There is a suggestion that perhaps some family members, his wife, his mother, have been involved in this. No reason why they shouldn't be. I mean, they're, they're part, you know, and if he takes advice, it's absolutely his right to do so. Um, but for someone like the manager and the and the, the board and the chief executive of Manchester City, that must be a pretty frustrating period, you know, because. He is an, an undoubted asset. Whether he's worth 130 million or not is another question. But you know, uh, he's a hugely talented player. Uh, I think, judging by the response after the news that he was is going to be out for at least half the season, the response from the other players who were overflowing in their in their sort of compassion and, and sorrow for him and what he what he was. So, I think he's a popular player too with them. Um, with them, well, he's popular with. Pepper not is another issue. So my view is that we, we, we probably would have lost him anyway. Uh, I, I got the gut feeling he was going to go to Bayern Munich. Really? Yeah. Uh, we've lost him. Both clubs have now lost him. And whether he will ever go to Bayern Munich now is, is another question because who knows what it'll be like when he comes back and whether they'll still want him. Can I just pick you up on the sort of the comment you said about him and Pep? Mm. Uh, do, do you believe that he's not a Pep-type player? He doesn't quite work hard enough? He's not quite got... The, the, the high standards that Pep expects I, from his I, players and I so may on. be reading too much into this but I think I, I remember last time we talked I, I, I noticed on a, several occasions when Sane came off the pitch uh, Pep never went up to him and shook his hand or patted him or hugged him you know uh, and he walked in the opposite direction a couple of times and Sane went off somewhat disconsolate into, you know now what the, I have no idea what the background to, that, to all that is, but clearly, in, in my opinion, as, a, as a, just an observer from the crowd, there was something going on there, but I don't know what it was. So 
maybe he's not a pep kind of player maybe he doesn't train hard enough maybe he thinks he doesn't defend as resolutely as he should do I've no idea but there was something amiss there any thoughts on Sane? Yeah, I mean, I love Sane, and I was I was getting because John upset. doesn't love Sane. Just because John doesn't love uh, him, but I, you do. Yeah, fine, I don't mind. <laughs> um, and I was I was pretty disappointed because I was pretty sure he was going as well. Um, but and I think I think it is clear that Pep is frustrated. I think Pep looks frustrated with him because he is such a talent. But I think it's probably fair to say he hasn't really improved the way everyone else has. Like he came pretty good and he's still pretty good but there's more I, and I think that's why I, I suspect that's why Pep doesn't always shake his hand when he comes off the pitch because he doesn't he maybe isn't taking everything on board because all these other players including Mares, who I think last season I said I'm sure next season he'll be good he's got to get used to the way we play has take they take it on board they they change they do things you can see the the change and the improvement in everyone sterling being another great example of that and i just that is why i i, I think the, there is a a disconnect there where mm. there doesn't seem to be with other players i mean like the way he's talking to de bruyne when he comes de bruyne when he comes off the pitch is yeah. much more he, he wasn't shout he wasn't having a go at him but it was a real like intense yeah. discussion he just lets sane walk past him sarah can i just pick up then on the sterling Improvement. He is just getting better and better, isn't he, as a footballer? And, and you know, he's he's come to City. Uh, didn't have a fantastic Euros, I think, or World Cup, whichever one. Playing for England and and got a lot of criticism for that. Uh, but he he's just getting better and better. And uh, he, where's where's he where's he going to get to? I mean, this is uh, he's, he's a fantastic talent. He is. We're, we're, I'm very glad we've got him. And I think I think one of the telling things with Sterling now is that. Uh, and he had two chances, like, in fact, three in fact, chances like this on Saturday, is I actually think he's going to put the ball in the net. Mm. Now, he won't, he won't every time, but that is quite a shift, it, definitely in my thinking, and I suspect quite a lot of fans now, that there's not a sense of, oh, God, I wish it was Aguero. That was a, you know, there's an absolute confidence that he... And he gets so many chances that he ought to score a lot of goals and he's allowed to fluff the odd one, but Aguero fluffs, fluffs the odd one. But his link-up play and his, his movement is phenomenal. And if, you, if you're adding 20, 25 goals a season on top of what he's already contributing, he's not far off being legitimately called world-class. Mm. Talking of strikers, I also just want to, before we move on to other things, I want to talk about Gabriel Jesus as well and this whole sort of clearly started ahead of Aguero, I don't think you could say that Aguero was dropped. I think it's just just bet rotating and giving people a break when they're coming back from from tournaments, sort of uh, before the season started. Is he a top striker, John? Is is he? Does he have the potential to be in that? Well, I was going to say Aguero. I don't think anybody is maybe going to be quite as good as Aguero. But how how good is he? Or do you think he's just slightly short of the mark? He, he I, does get mixed reviews, doesn't I, he? I don't think we've seen enough of him to make a judgment on that. I mean, he's he's had uh, a lot of game time but coming on a sub is re- you know not that often he started had a good a good run or a consistent sort of run of games in uh, in any s- season he's been here he works his socks off i'm very impressed by the way in which he, he you know he comes back and defends he's all over the place um and a hugely talented guy and let's not forget he's you know he's very young um and i i think the answer to your question is yes he is capable of being a great a great striker um 
and maybe a, a, another penalty taker in of, instead of Aguero. I mean, you mentioned Gundogan earlier, by the way. I, I was with a group of, people, group of people on Saturday saying, why isn't Gundogan, or Gundogan, I never know how to say that, but Gundogan, why is he not taking the penalty? Because that penalty he took in the community shield, what a cracker, you know. Well, why didn't Sterling take it for his... Why for didn't his Sterling take it, yeah. You would have thought. Uh, and maybe Aguero's out of a job there. Well, I think also he wants to he wants to sort of put that get the monkey off his back. He wants to get on the score sheet. Yeah. And the, there's lots of reasons. I yeah. suppose he is the to be fair. He is the key penalty taker. He's yeah. probably the number one. Why would you change it? He's missed so, the last three. Because he shouldn't be the key penalty taker. He, I mean, he's not good enough at a, that. You know, Aguero is a wonderful, Sergio wonderful Aguero player. Is not good enough. No, says he's, Sarah, he's, says he missed three. Very recently. Yes, I believe he is not the best person to be taking our penalties. If Gundogan's on the pitch, it should be Gundogan. Yeah. If Bernardo's on the pitch and Gundogan isn't, it should be Bernardo. And quite frankly, looking at the community shield, I'd have given it to Foden over Aguero. Like, I've never seen such confidence. And when, he went up, when Foden went up to take the, the penalty, I was like, oh God, this is going to be awful. But look, he just showed such... He just didn't care. But Aguero, every time Aguero goes up, I'm, he, has, he takes it in one way. <laughs> he always goes to the same place. And it was so... Meet the first one. Wasn't it was a great like, penalty, was it? He passed it to the goalkeeper. <laughs> I mean, it was shocking. And he was very lucky that the the, the defender had encroached on the penalty area and cleared it. But so, and I would just change it. I don't know why they haven't. But I, and I wouldn't give it to Sterling either because he is a bit of a maverick when it comes to taking. He's a bit penalties. overrated, this Aguero. I was going to say. He's a bit overrated. I've, I've written it down. I, I know what the title of the show is. Aguero is not good enough, says, says Lisa Rabinovitz. So it's going to go down well, that, isn't it? Talk about taking that out of context. Yeah, that's what you said. I I've think I qualified down. that. Aguero is not good enough. Title of the show, At sorted. taking penalties. <laughs> Shall we talk about Spurs then? You like Spurs, don't you? Oh, no, Spurs. I really hate them. Yeah, I know you do. It's, it's a bit of a test then, isn't it? Because West Ham, great record, uh, and, you know, they, they wasn't difficult. But actually, this is a big test, because if we get over this one, we've then got relative simple, in inverted commas, yeah. games on paper. But this is going to be a bit of a test, I think, on Saturday, yeah, isn't it? It's the, it's the late kick-off, 5.30. There are many other games I would rather we were playing as our second game of the season. But um, we're at home. It's not like we didn't start the season off well, so they should be worried about... I'm sure they're more worried about playing us than... But we, should, we have to take every opponent seriously, but they are a very good team with a very good manager, and as we saw all last season, are capable of causing us problems. Thankfully, the person who causes the most problems is not available for them on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I believe he's suspended. I don't know why Son's suspended. I must have missed something. Um, but they, it's not like they've got a shortage of other other decent players so so obviously in terms of starting lineup, Aguero's not good enough so he'll start with Jason yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what I don't know why. we just sell it why didn't we sell him what's he ever done yeah. for us yes. yeah. <laughs> so, so Sarah changes so you saw the 11 that we had against West Ham do you mm. see do you see many changes do you, do you, to the starting lineup? your reflections ahead I think, of that I think Bernardo will start um, instead of who um Mara's. I don't know actually that's a good question play 12 um, then possibly in place of David yeah for a yeah. bit more pace and a bit yeah. more energy so Foden so, sums again yeah. yeah Foden will be a sub yeah mm. um, I don't I mean I don't it, it, the interesting one is whether uh, Cancelo starts instead of Walker but I suspect in a game like that no, he I won't yeah, I, I suspect I think, he won't. I think Walker is definitely playing like yeah. a man who's finally got yeah. reason to play well. And I think the way it's going to work, and I was 
chatting to Graham about this. I think Walker will start the season, and I think he'll get let Cancelo get used to the pace, yeah. get used to his teammates. Yeah. And I think by the by the end of the season, we'll have him as our, our sort of standard right back with with Walker filling in when he needs to. Your thoughts on on team selection? Do you, do, do you agree with Sarah? Do you think we'll see a few a few changes well, possibly with Bernardo great, playing? It's a great problem to have, isn't it? As ever, um, I, I, I love watching Bernardo Silva. I think he's absolutely fantastic. But it'd be very hard to drop Mars. He was man of the match in some papers, you know. Yeah. Uh, how do you drop Sterling? You know, hat trick. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky one. I mean, the thing about Pep is he always surprises, doesn't he? Or, or not always, but often. I mean, Mars included in the cup foul team. What was he? You know, what Mars? Why? You know, and look what happened. Um, so. Ah, it's a tricky one. Uh, I, I, th- I think I'd probably stick with the same team, but maybe bring... I mean, I think one of the reasons that... Actually, I read that one of the reasons that um, uh, Bernardo didn't play, he had a slight muscle strain, yeah? Yeah, I did read that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it may be that, you know, he'll be fitter by... Or will be fitter by Saturday mm. and he will be included. But I, I haven't a clue, to be honest with you. No, of course. <laughs> course. Because well, so what else are we going to talk from. about? He's got so much to choose Yeah, from. we've got two teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, I mean, Tottenham are going to be a different propositions yeah. at West Ham and so it might it might be that he makes a decision that Bernardo is a better fit for that game than Mahrez is and it's not, it's not about dropping I think and I think that's the thing what Sarah was saying before about um, you don't really see any of these players as fringe players it's it's about them all being able to slot in whenever yeah, required yeah. and it, it is about having all two full teams that can can play in the same way all play well together and um, yeah but yeah he'll probably put Bernardo in goal or something I have no idea but <laughs> So, quick, before we go on to our new game of hit and miss to finish this week's show, um, backed by massive requests on Twitter. Everybody loved it. Uh, predictions for, for the game then, uh, Sarah? I think, it's a, I think it's always quite good to play some of the bigger teams very early on in the season. I mean, there's two, you know, you can, you can read that one of two ways, but I, I think we're better prepared for the game than Spurs are. So I'd rather play them early before they get too much into and their the prediction rhythm. From you? My prediction is City three one. Okay, Lisa. Two one. Two one City, John. Three one City. Very good. Right, finally, before we go hit and miss, I'm going to give you a very short phrase. Uh, just a very simple hit and miss. I'm going to start with you, Sarah. Uh, first one: decision to make David Silva club captain. Hit, hit or miss? Hit. 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 Rodri's debut. Hit. Hit. In the end, hit. <laughs> Our new black away kit. Hit. Hit. Hit, but I love the old re- retro one as well. Tactical fouling, particularly from Rodri. Hit. Hit. <laughs> hit. <laughs> and finally, Carl Walker's haircut. Hit. Hit. He had no choice. He's yeah, got ball. Exactly. <laughs> He's just gone bald. <laughs> Huge thanks to my three guests, to Lisa Rabinovitz, to Sarah Messenger, and to John Stapleton. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.